So I want to lead into that tonight if you go to Romans 14, sorry, Romans 13. And I want to have you look at some scriptures tonight about the heart of God for the lost. Amen. The heart of God for the lost. Romans 13. Say amen when you get there. And as you're getting there, I want to um, read some words from Jesus. How many know Jesus came to die for our sins? Amen. He came to, 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 to pay a price so that the whole world could be saved. And how many tonight, as you're getting to Romans 13, remember um, at conference when I preached that message, I don't remember what the name of the message was, but I started it off by talking about the correlation of the restaurant Firehouse Subs. How many remember that? Well, my friend JP's here tonight in the back in the green. If you make him welcome, he's the owner of Firehouse Subs, and he's the one I was talking about. And uh, he's visiting tonight, so it's good to have him. And uh, we, we, we need to build relationships, amen? How many know that if you'll build relationships with people, that's how people are going to get saved? We, we, have to, it's, it's, we have to show our walk to people and let them see who we are on a daily basis so that they can want what we have. How many know if we're walking around baptized in lemon juice all the time, no one's going to want what we have? But if we're excited about God, if we're happy if we're serving the Lord, if we're sharing our faith, if we're seeing fruit in our lives, then they're going to say, man, I want that Jesus that you have. Or if they don't know it's Jesus, they're going to say, I want what you have. You've got something I don't have. How many want the people around you to say, you have something I don't have? Amen. I hope that you want that. I want that. And Jesus is passionate tonight about souls. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever get too busy in your life to remember that the reason we're here tonight is not to have a religious meeting, but it is to equip ourselves and to stay on our toes to reach the lost for Jesus. That is always and always has been and always will be the call of the church. And we can never lose that. Don't ever say, I'm t- I don't, I've heard too many messages on evangelism. There's no such thing. Amen. Because until Denton is saved... We're not doing our job. Amen. Till every chair in this church is filled with a soul. We're not doing our job. Amen. We've got to go out and preach the gospel. Jesus himself said these words. And and, and I know you're in Romans, but I'm going to read something out of John chapter nine, verse three. You can write it if you're taking notes. He said, neither. Sorry. He said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Jesus said, I must work the works. If Jesus was, is God on the earth and he's saying, I've got to work, how much more do we need to work if we're not God and we're not Jesus? Amen. If he had to work, we need to work. And he made a statement that we're not always going to be able to work. We're not always going to be able to witness. We're not always going to have the open door. Paul talks about an effective open door to him. And we, not, we got to understand, as we've been talking a lot about end times and where we're at on God's timetable, that church, the time to reach the lost is closing up on us. Amen? It, it doesn't matter if it was six months or 60 years. It's closing in on us. And we've got to get serious about reaching people for Jesus. Amen. I know life happens. I know bills happen. I know things happen. I know we get carried away with a lot of things in our lives and it's all legitimate. But Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. And then he said, because the night is coming when no man can work. 
Father, I ask you to anoint your word on this Wednesday night. Lord, stir us tonight. Shake us up, Father. Get us excited about your word. Get us excited about who you are, Father. Get us excited about being the messenger and having the privilege and the honor to serve you. Lord, anoint our ears. Anoint my words, God. Anoint, Lord, this service so that we walk out of here equipped, Lord, to reach lost people for you and to tell them that you are the hope that you are the life, that you're the way and you're the truth, Father. And that there's, there, there is a hope today for this world in Jesus and a relationship with you. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Romans 13, if you're there. I want to look at a few more verses before I show you some parables tonight. We've got to, to say every day, God, let me look in the mirror and let me look at how I'm doing. Let me look at uh, if I'm bearing fruit. We cannot go through this life and just be Christians. You cannot go through this life and just go status quo and me and no more. And I'm here and I'm going to make it. That's not God's heart. God wants us to multiply ourselves. I don't care tonight if you're shy. I don't care tonight if you don't have a a, a great speaking ability. It doesn't matter. God doesn't need your speaking ability. And he doesn't need your talent. He doesn't need your money necessarily. He doesn't need uh, your time necessarily. He needs your availability. He needs your heart. Jesus gets your heart. He'll get everything else. And he needs us to say, God, I want to multiply myself. I'm not going to be happy going to heaven and standing before you and saying, I'm here, Lord. When you say, "Okay, that's great. But who else you bring in? Because there's many parables that I'm not even going to get into tonight. Totally. I'm going to touch a little bit where it talks about God is going to require of us what we've done for the Lord. And so we can't get too busy with just church or we can't get too busy with work. We can't get too busy with school or a career or anything else like that. We have to say, God, what am I doing to multiply the kingdom of God? When we do stuff like this and we uh, have a a thing like we're going to have next Wednesday or we have the judgment thing. Church, we cannot just wait for somebody on the left or the right to do it. That's the problem. We wait for someone. They'll do it. They're always outreaching. Or she'll do it because she's always talking to people. You can't have that attitude. Because you don't, you're not going to get their reward by telling them they're going to do it. There's going to be a reward for us. There's going to be a day when we're rewarded for our work. And it's not, again, for salvation. It's what we've done with our salvation. Amen. And God is going to say, hey, what have you done for my son? What have you done for my ministry? And Jesus himself again said, I need to be at work. And so we need more to be at work. Nine, sorry, 13, 11 of Romans. I read this, I believe, Sunday in one of the messages. And it just came back around again to tie in tonight. It says in verse 11, and do this knowing that the time, sorry, knowing the time that now, say now. It is high time to awake out of sleep. Tell tell the person next to you, wake up. And I'm not talking about a physical wake up. I'm talking about a spiritual wake up. Wake up. He says, it's time to wake up out of our sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And that's kind of what we've been saying forever. As we know Jesus is going to come back one day for his church, we know that every day that passes, we're one day closer to that day. And one every day that passes, listen, we have one day less to work. 
And so we can't say, why? well, we can't be like a lot of people. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next month. Or I'm going to get it together one of these days. We're not promised tomorrow. It says our salvation's nearer than when we first believe. Verse 12, the night is far spent. This goes off of exactly what Jesus said in John chapter 9. The day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverie and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. How many know that's a decision you have to make? You got to say, I can't get caught up or tied up in anything around me that's going to keep me from being a multiplier of my life and Jesus, what he's done in me. I can't get caught up in it. I can't make provision for my flesh. I've got to say no. I've got to say, God, I've got to do something for you. This church is, 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 is here because we've worked, but it's not going to keep growing or, or it's never going to be what we want it to be if we don't work. It takes work. You say, well, I just worked, I just worked hard. Don't ever get to the place where you feel like you've done something. Don't ever get to that place. Because that's where, that's where danger comes in. Well, I, I've accomplished something. Well, I've done something. You have to count it all as lost tonight. Amen? Amen. Now go to the book of Luke, if you would. And I want to hit on a few verses here. We're going to end up in chapter 14 in a minute. But I want us to look real quick at Luke chapter 19. Good to hear those pages moving. Luke 19. Say amen when you're there. I'll ask you again tonight, how many want the heart of God? The heart of God. Jesus is looking at Jerusalem in verse verse 41 of Luke 19. And it says, as he drew near, he saw the city. And he wept over it. I want you to look at that verse for a second. I want you to just meditate on that for a minute. I want you to stop for a second. I want you to think for a second. When was the last time I cried for souls? When was the last time I was really concerned for souls? When was the last time I really thought about really just making an effort pass out tracts, to pass out flyers, to, to just be thinking about other people that are saved, would you please stop for a second tonight and realize somebody thought about you? Somebody prayed for you? Somebody reached out to you? Some of y'all were born into Christianity. You were born in a a saved home. You better count your blessings because you could have been saved. You could have been born in another house. But somebody reached you. If you're here tonight and you said the sinner's prayer individually for yourself, somebody reached out to you. And if it wasn't for that somebody, you would not be saved tonight. And so we are that somebody for somebody else. And every service that we come and we have a service and we have a message and we we do an altar call and we have an opportunity for people to get saved or we have an outreach, a group comes in like next week or we do judgment, we're, we're, we're having opportunities to reach out and bring people in to something that's just a little different than a normal service trying to be creative, trying to find ways to get, to get him in. And you'll see God's heart on that in a minute. But he says, as he drew near, he saw the city and he wept over it. 
So I've showed you two things already from Jesus. He says, I, I've got to be working. And I've got to be passionate and compassionate about the lost. I, I, I cry over them. I, I pray over them. I'm hurting over them. You can't sit back tonight. T- check your spiritual heart if you sit back tonight and the things that happen, like what's going on in Baltimore or uh, uh, the earthquake in Nepal or all these different things that go on in the world. If that doesn't bother you, check your spiritual pulse. That's not me. Didn't hit me. Didn't affect me. Some Christians just don't care. And I have to question if they're saved. If that doesn't bother you, if it doesn't hurt your heart to see the things going on in the world, if it doesn't hurt your heart to see people dying all the time and going into an eternity without Jesus, you need to check your spiritual pulse. Am I alive spiritually? I know you're here physically, but are you alive spiritually? Now go back a few uh, verses to Luke 19 still in verse 11. And I'm going to read a parable tonight. Say amen if you're there. Now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable. Because he was near Jerusalem. And I kind of got ahead with that last verse. I'm going backwards from it. And they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. So he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. That's Jesus. Okay, that's Jesus coming to the earth, dying, going away like he is now and coming back. So you know what this means. So he called ten of his servants. How many are servants in this place tonight? Delivered to them ten minas and said, do business till I come. Work. Look at someone next to you and say, work. Do business. Amen. Do something for me. And he says, but his citizens hated him. Who hated him? His own people hated him. And sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given Uh, the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. This is the multiplication God expects of us. God's not talking to somebody else tonight. He's talking to me. Then came the first said, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. Your mina has earned ten minas. He multiplied He didn't say, here's back what you gave me. He multiplied it. And here's the answer. Well done. You realize tonight that's what we live for is to hear the words, well done. Good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. And we've been talking about this in the End Times Forum, which we'll be having again tomorrow night at seven, where we're working now for the millennial reign. Say amen or say woe is me. We're working for the millennial reign. We're not just working for this earth. We're working to do something. Now, some people say, well, I'm good with sweeping the streets. I like to see you say that when you get there. Amen. That's not that we shouldn't have that attitude. I want to I want God to be proud of me. I want to do something for the Lord that he makes him happy. So we're working now again, not for our salvation, but for our place in the millennial reign. He says, you get ten cities to be over. Second came and said, Master, your mina has earned five minas. 
Likewise, he said to him, you also shall be over five cities. Then another came and said, Master, here is your mina. Pay attention. Which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. That's what a lot of Christians do today. They, they take their salvation and they keep it to themselves. They don't share it with anybody. And this is a, a, a sobering thought. That it's not, it's not okay. Amen. It's not okay to just go to church and just, go, oh, I go to church this time. You know, Robert said again, I go to church three times a week. That's good. That's excellent. But are you multiplying yourself? Are you touching other people's lives? And, and listen, don't think because you don't see them here. Listen, I, 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 there's a lot of people I wish I saw here. There's a lot of people that I, I feel like I've touched, but they're not here. I'm, I'm hoping they'll someday come in. So don't worry about the fact if they're not here in the church. But are you doing something to compel them to come to church? Are you sharing your faith? Are you telling people about the Lord? Are you rubbing off on other people? Are you conscious of multiplication? We know that, that some water and some plant the seed and God brings the increase. And we know that only the Holy Spirit draws these people to God. So we're not the Holy Spirit. We can't change anybody, although we wish we could. But God says, do business. Do work. Do something for me. And it's until we get a real good understanding of what he did for us that we would want to do something for him. Right? That's so what gets from here to here. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose from the Get it from here to here. Because if it's here, you're just going to be a normal churchgoer. But if it's here, you're going to work. And you're going to be conscious and you're going to try to love people and you're going to try to do things. I've kept it here, Lord. Here's the one mina. Here it is. I didn't lose it. I still got it. Here it is. I didn't, I didn't tell anybody about it and multiply it. Here it is. Here's the one. What, what, is, what happens here? He says, because I feared you, verse 21, because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said, out of your own mouth, I will judge you. You wicked servant. You wicked servant. God, please don't ever call me a wicked servant. Notice, he said, servant. You wicked servant. I sent my son to die for you. What did you do for me? What did you do for him? How did you multiply yourself? Were you too busy for me? Did you try? Did you plant seed? Did you tell people about the Lord? Did you live a life that you could tell people about the Lord? Did you share your faith? It's okay that it's quiet in here because this is something that should make us literally think and say, God, what am I doing for you? Am I doing something for you? Or am, am I multiplying my salvation that you've given me? Or am I holding it like the old song, if anybody was raised in church and sang it about the light, light under the candle, light, the candle putting under a bush. Yeah, hide it under the bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Sounds elementary, but there's something to that. If I'm saved and I love God 
and because he first loved me, I've got to do business for the Lord. I've got to work. And so he says, I knew you were an austere man. And so he says, your own words will judge you, wicked servant. Verse 22, you knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit, reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you put, not put my money in the bank? Then at my coming, I might have collected it with interest. He said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that to everyone, watch this, who has will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Bring those enemies, bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. So God is going to expect something out of us. How many want this teaching now and not when you said, oops, I didn't know. When you're standing before God, amen? Let's work while it's day. Now I want you to go to Luke 14 to finish off tonight. Say amen just to make me happy. All right. Luke chapter 14. Let me show you an attitude before I show you uh, another parable. Let's look at verse 7. I said a minute ago, don't look at what you've done and say, I've done something. Count that as loss. Because too many people, and there's another parable in the Bible where it talks about that, where the guy says, well, I've got much, and I'll build more storage barns, and 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 I'll store up. Don't ever get to that place where you think you've done something. I... I try to forget the things until sometimes I get reminded by something like this. That's, it's cool to know that a youth person in my, in my, that, I, that I talked to when she was young is doing something for God. That kind of reminds me. But I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to what else I can do for God. Don't sit back and say, well, I did something five years ago. I led someone to the Lord ten years ago. What have you done lately for God? What have you done this week for God? We can't have that attitude. And this is kind of the attitude that God shows us in the Bible that we would humble ourselves. Amen? So he told the parable, verse 7 of Luke 14, to those who were invited, he said, they chose the best places at this feast. They came in, and you can picture a table, and the king or the person who invited is down at the end, and the prideful person would come in, and look for the seat right next to them. Okay? Just, just run in and grab that good seat. And then the story goes on to say that as more people come in, the, 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 the inviter sees someone else come in and says, Hey, this is your seat where this man's sitting. Come sit here. And then you have to get up. And you have to go down to the other place. And be embarrassed in front of everybody. Because pride would get in the way that you would go and try to sit in that best best seat. But then it says the other way around is that you would go walk in and see the table. See the place of, of honor at the front and sit at the other end. And take a humble, lowly place. And then as the guests began to come in, come in to sit down. And maybe someone else was heading for that front seat. Hey! Come here, that's, this is your seat. And we call you from the low place to the high place of honor. So our attitude and our spirit has to be, I'm nothing. 
Jesus is everything. God is my Lord. He's my Savior. What am I doing for God? What am I doing for the Lord? I'm taking myself down and becoming nothing so that God can be something in me. Now we'll read it. He says, when you're invited by anyone to a wedding feast, don't sit at the best place. Lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say, give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down in the lowest place. So that when he, invited, he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up hither. Sorry, higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Amen? Now I want to read a few more verses here tonight about us reaching out to people. Okay? Reaching out to the lost. One of the things that people think about our church is that we reach the low people. You can hear that in, when people talk about our church. And I'm okay with that. Because we have people in our church from all ages, all sizes, all uh, groups, all economic backgrounds. And that's how a church is supposed to be. But you always reach the low. And then God gives you the high. If you go the other way around and you reach the high, you can't reach the low. Amen? And that's, that's God's heart. You always notice that God was always, Jesus was always going where the other people were like, what's he doing over there? He's over there with sinners. I, it's a good reputation for the people to think. And so sometimes we think, and I know, sometimes we think, man, I, I wish we'd have some more, you know, I, Jay, I, want, I want to have police officers in here. I want to have lawyers in here. I want to have doctors in here. But I still believe with all my heart the principle that if you go after the people nobody wants, God will give you the people everybody wants. I still believe that principle. And I still believe that that's God's heart, is to reach the low, to reach the lost. And it says in verse 12, if you look at your Bible, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. He says, then he said to those who invited him, when you give a dinner or a supper, don't ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich neighbors, lest they invite you back and you be repaid. Let me hit a nerve here for a second in your walk with God. Don't do things to be repaid. Don't do things to get a pat on the back. Do things unto the Lord. I'm not saying I'm perfect on that. I'm saying that's an attitude we have to have. Don't do things so that people see it. Do things out of love for God and do things to the low and to the, heart, to the hurting and the hard people. And God will show you that, his heart is be, that your heart is being blessed and he's looking down and seeing that. He says, when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And when and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Amen. Must have said something funny. Amen. Amen. This, is, this is a serious thought we've got to think about. It's a sobering thought. It's something that we've got to realize there's a lot of work to do. Amen. There's a lot of things that we need to do still for the Lord. Let's finish. In verse 15. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, 
He said to him, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. How many know that that great supper, Jesus wants everybody to be at? Everybody. Everybody. Less nobody. He came, the Bible says he came and died for everybody. Even the ones that we can't stand. Even the ones that get on our nerves. Even the ones that when these things go on in places like Baltimore, we point the finger and say, what idiots. Even those people. Jesus wants at the supper. He wants everybody. He wants the rebellious. He wants the hateful. He wants the violent. He wants everybody. Because last time I checked, he came for the lost. He came for the sick. He came for the hurting. Amen. He didn't come for those that were well. Last I checked. And so we have to go after those. But a lot of times we, we can stereotype and we think, well, the lost and the hurting are the poor. No, there's a whole lot of rich people who are depressed and filled with pills tonight. It doesn't matter their social status. It matters their spiritual status. This isn't necessarily just talking about money or, or, or social status. It's talking about reaching people that are hurting and lost and dealing with all kinds of issues. We're all just grown-up kids. We have things we've got to deal with. And so he says, I need you to go out and I need you to invite. So stay with me as I close tonight with this last parable because it's really important. And he says... He sent his servant at supper time to say to those who are invite, were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But, watch this, they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a piece of ground. I must go see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. And still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly, watch this, into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. That can be physically and it can be spiritually. Go and bring them in. I want to, I want to remind you something tonight. God will get his work done. Whether he uses you and me or uses somebody else. He will get his work done. Don't let God pass you over and use somebody else. Amen? Let it say, here I am, Lord, send me. I want to work. I want to do something for you, Father, because I want a crown. I want a reward. I want something I can give back. And he says in verse 22, and the master servant said, Master, it's done as you commanded. And here we go. There's still room. That can mean many things. There's still room at the altar. There's still room for the supper. There's still time to work. There's still an open door. There's still availability. There's still people that are lost. Go, he says, verse 23, into the highways and the hedges. Watch this. And I want you to underline this in your Bible if you're looking at it. And compel them to come in. 
compel them to come in. Not, oh God, please let them trip over our doorstep, Father. Lord, please let them park in the wrong place and walk in here instead of J.R. Pockets. Lord, please, no, go out to the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. That means do business. That means work. That means invite. That means tell. So much that they get sick and tired of you inviting them. Sick and tired of you telling them. Till they might actually just say, you know what? I'm going to stink and go. So they stop bugging me. And then when they get here, the Holy Spirit gets a hold of them. And they get saved. And if they don't, they're going to stand before God one day. And they will not be able to point the finger at you and me that we did not compel them to come in. They chose not to come in. But let's not be guilty of not compelling them to come in. He says, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of these men who were invited shall taste my supper. He will pass over to somebody else. Amen. Musicians, you can come tonight. Compel them to come in. What are you doing? What am I doing? What are we doing for the kingdom of God. What are we doing to reach people? Are we, are we, are we leaving at after services and grabbing tracks? Are we leaving and we grabbing Jesus cards? Are we leaving and grabbing judgment cards? Are we, are we calling people? Are we texting people? Or are we just worried about us getting to heaven? Some people would say, I need to work on myself, Pastor. I'm, still, I'm really just not that strong yet. There's a strength that you will get automatically. By working for God. There is a strength that you will get, a maturity that you will get, a favor that you will get when you are thinking about His. Because that to me sounds like an excuse that these people had here in the Bible. Well, I got to go get married. Well, I got a piece of ground. Well, I got something else to do. Don't make excuses. Be real with God. Be honest with God. Say, God, I'm not doing enough tonight. I need to do more. I'm standing here saying, I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. There's way too many people that don't know Jesus, and I want to see them saved. I want to do something for the Lord. Amen. I want to serve while it's still day, before it's night. Father, we ask you to anoint your word tonight. Lord, I know that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And I know tonight, God, that this is your word, not mine. I'm just preaching it. I'm just teaching it. I'm just sharing it, God, so that we on a Wednesday night could be compelled to go and compel. Be compelled and pushed and motivated to do business, to do work for the Lord. God, to be thinking about, to be conscious about the lost and the hurting and those that are bound and those that are going to hell tonight, those that are, that are, that are on, their, on a path of destruction tonight, God. No, we can't change them. No, we can't get them to come in. But we can do our part. We can pray. We can invite. We can go. We can bring. We can be conscious of it, God. Lord, help us weep over these people. Help us cry over these people. Help us spend time, Lord God, praying over these outreaches that we're doing, God. Not just, oh, say, someone else is going to do it. I know so-and-so really gets involved in this. They're going to take care of this. Let's not be the church that 20% of the work or 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. Everybody get involved tonight. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, 
everybody get involved. Well, I'm here on Wednesday night. That's good. Are you doing something for the church? Are you doing something for God? I came. Attendance is awesome and it's important. But it's not going to be about your attendance record in heaven. It's going to be about who you've touched for God. It's going to be about who you've witnessed to, who you've shared your faith with, who you've, who you've prayed for, who you've compelled to come in. Holy Spirit does the work, but you do your work. I want, to, I want to tell you again and challenge you again tonight as you're praying, as you're listening to me, to start using those tracks, to start using those flyers, to keep some in your car, to put some in your pocket when you go in the store, to pass them out, hand them out. Say, I want to invite you to something. Be busy about the Lord's business. Be conscious about it. While it's day. Because there'll come a time Jesus said, when we can no longer work. That supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb. God wants everybody to be at it. They can't be there if they're not invited. Go into the highways and the byways. Go into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring them in. Holy Spirit, you can do a much better job than I can tonight on touching our hearts. Jesus, I want your heart. Jesus looked at the city and he wept. Jesus said, will I find favor on the earth when I come back?